0: today's a special sunday with the message we're in a series right now called i'm fine not really because so many of us resonate with that statement right now our our, as a country our mental health is in crisis this last year has been traumatic it's been difficult it's been hard and for those of us who were struggling beforehand it made it worse and some of us are struggling now who never were before in fact In the last six months, the National Suicide Hotline has gone up by 4,000% in calls. 4,000%. Please wrap your mind around that number. We need help. And so this series is really, as a church, it's just saying this, this is a place to raise your hand and say those three words that will change your life. I need help. And, and I, last week, Mikey talked about us when we're fine. This week is special because you're going to see a message preached by Chip Judd. And Chip Judd is very special to me. Chip Judd is my counselor. Last June, I was not okay. I needed help. I was struggling with anxiety. I felt overwhelmed. I was struggling with depression. I wanted to quit. I didn't know what to do. And so I reached out and asked for help, and I got connected with this, this pastor who counsels pastors. Chip is on staff at Seacoast Church. This series idea and title came from Seacoast Church. If you don't know Seacoast Church and you're new here, if you've been here a while, you probably know Seacoast Church. But if you're new here, let me tell you that Seacoast is a part of our family. In fact, I believe that, that your spiritual heritage matters and our spiritual heritage as a church and even mine as a leader and Pastor Robert's as a leader is Seacoast Church. Pastor Robert and April were there for over a decade on staff and uh, I went there as a teenager. It's a part of my spiritual formation story. The, the founding pastor of Seacoast Church is the president of our church planning organization, the Association of Related Churches. And uh, Seacoast has been there for us in every step. Seacoast Asheville is some of our closest friends. We do stuff at their campus all the time. Whenever we have problems, we call Seacoast. They help us find answers. They are our family. And so Chip is on staff there. And what he does is for 20 years, he was a church planner and a pastor. And then for the last 20 years, he's been a professional licensed counselor, but he specializes in pastors. Guess what? Pastors are pretty dang messed up. We are a mess. We're a disaster. It is not all pretty behind the pulpit, okay? And so Pastor Chip came into my life last June, and I am a different person than I was then. I'm more free than I've ever been in my life. I'm more healed than I've ever been in my life. I have a greater understanding on how to stay that way than I ever have before in my life. He has changed me. Counseling has changed me. And that's nothing new as a church. We talk about counseling. We believe in it. But what I really want this morning is for you to receive from Pastor Chip some of the things I've received from him. I want you to begin to understand that our need for this collectively as a culture, as a people, and as a church, and I believe that what he has to say this morning can change your perspective, can change your heart, and will genuinely help you. He's going to talk to some pastors from Seacoast and those conversations are important lean in take notes this is a benchmark message for us as a church today it's important i can't wait for you to hear it and without any further ado here's here and you're going to see when you meet him why i love him pastor chip judd
1: hello the gathering i'm sitting here with my awesome granddaughter felix and uh so honored that you're gonna use the video for your service this morning. And Pastor John Mark, I just want to let you know uh, it's been a joy getting to know you. Uh, I do have to tell your congregation that, uh, you know, you're probably one of the most messed up leaders I've ever worked with, but I gotta give you credit. You keep showing up, man. I'm trying to get your head straight. No, I'm just joking. You got a great pastor, great team. Hey, Robert and April, how you doing? And uh, hope you enjoy the message. Hope it's encouraging to you. That's the objective of it. So uh, bless you guys. Hopefully I can get over there and meet you all sometime. All right, bye. I just want you to know, guys, I am so excited that I get to talk about this stuff today. Here's the deal, guys. You know what we're gonna do today? We're gonna change some lives in this room. You know what's exciting to me? We have the potential to change lives outside of this room because the people I'm really gonna talk about today probably aren't here because they don't feel comfortable being here because they're dealing with stuff that just makes it hard so we're gonna have fun I like having fun uh but I'm so excited I have to contain this animal inside of me because I love I love talking about how we can help broken people do better can anybody agree with that all right I need to ask you a question and I gotta do it I gotta do it my own special way I gotta acknowledge some of you are going to be like, dude, you're a pastor. You shouldn't like that show. But I got to ask you a question. How are you doing? How are you doing? Say it one time. Like, you know, who said that? Tell me. Joey on what show? And I know it's full of sin. I know it's horrible. But gosh, that sucker's funny. It's funny. So let's try it. Turn to your neighbor and say, how are you doing? Now, if it's your spouse, you can look them up and down like Joey would. But if it's not your spouse, don't be looking them up and down. But what do we usually say to that question? I became a Christian after being raised in a a home that I call American heathen. That was the denomination we are part of American heathen and uh, never went to church. So I got saved in my early 20s and got around church people and they said things like this. I'm great. I'm fine. The one that really creeped me out was I'm blessed and highly favored. And I'm like, dude, I just want to know how your day is going, man. What's up with this? And it kind of creeped me out. How many of you know it's just sort of a reflex? How you doing? I'm fine. Now, the reality is I get it. You don't have to share everything going on with you with everybody around you. But how many of you know we hide how we're doing, even probably from people we shouldn't? And that's part of why I'm so excited about this message. So here's something I know. I know that right now here in this room, at all of our campuses, and who knows where on this planet, there's people joining us. And here's what I know. There's hundreds, if not thousands of people that could not say, I'm fine, and be telling the truth. It hit me when we were singing this song, this is what freedom feels like. Do you know there's some people that will never be able to say that? short of a miracle, short of a miracle. I've ministered to people over my 40 years, 40 years as a pastor and counselor, and they deal with mental health issues that are horrible. I'll never forget one day I was counseling at a church years ago, and I met with this lady, and she's dealt with early, early child abuse. It was absolutely horrible. She's on all kinds of medications. And I, as she walked out the door to her car, I saw her through the window. And she just kind of shuffled. And I thought, this is the only life she's ever going to have. And she spends it wrestling with a mental health issue. Now, here's the deal, guys. That's on the upper end, rare. But here's the thing. One in five. Statistics say that one in five in this room, if we did one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five—one One out of those five is probably dealing with some kind of a diagnosable mental health issue, mental illness is what we call it. Chris, Pastor Chris uh, Russo just shared on that video. We're going to have another pastor share in just a minute. Why are we doing that? Because we want you to know some things. We want you to know some things about how we're approaching this challenging subject of mental health. Okay. Why do we say I'm fine and why do we hide? Where did it come from? Where did it start? You know what's cool? I love I love Christianity. I love the Bible. I love the answers that are buried there. Way back in the front of the book, Genesis chapter 3, Genesis 1 and 2, God created everything. God created male and female. God created everybody, you and me. And then in Genesis 3 is what we call the fall. And the fall is where Satan, you know, Satan, the serpent came and tempted Eve. You ladies, my gosh, man, I don't know what we're going to do with you. No, I'm kidding. Um, But Satan came and tempted them, we'll say. And uh, bottom line, we're in trouble. God comes looking for them after the fall to do their walk through the garden. How many of you like to have an afternoon walk with God through the garden every day? Wouldn't that be cool? You can have that, by the way. And um, what's Adam's answer? This answer is so telling, so powerful, and so consistent today. And here's what he said. I'm afraid because I was naked, so I hid. I was afraid... That if you really see how flawed I am, you won't approve of me, receive me, welcome me. So I hide. You know what it sounds like today in 2021? I'm afraid that if you really know me, you really, really know me, you won't like me. So I hide. How many of you agree? Just say yes if you agree that that's still a pretty strong thing going on today. Say yes if you agree. That's a pretty important thing. Think about that. Where do you feel safe to be yourself? Where do we all start? I believe 40 years counseling, studying, reading, praying. I mean, I read like crazy. I think I, I call myself a metamorphologist. I love to study change, think about change, and think about how to help people change. And I've come to this conclusion. Genesis 3.10 is where we all start. And you know where we all start? Fear, shame and isolation. Now, fear of what? They've done studies all over the world, and they found the number one fear is pretty consistent everywhere. Every place on the planet and in every socioeconomic strata. And you know what it is? It's the fear of rejection. It's the fear that you won't accept me. You won't welcome me. You won't approve of me. And so what we do, different cultures have different ways. But we figure out ways to hide, to put up props, you might say, to hide the real us so that you don't ever really, really see me. What are we doing today? Three things. My goal is three things. We're doing the series, the whole series, addictions last week, mental health this week, marriage next week, uh, suicide and depression the following week. We're doing this series for three reasons. Number one, we want you to know these three things. One, you're not alone. Either is your loved one. But you know what we want you to get good at? Recognizing people, individuals, families, dealing with mental health issues and try to let them know they're not alone. So number one, we want you to know you're not alone. Number two, there's help. There's help. There's help for everything you're dealing with. Now, I've come to realize, I've been at this 40 years, guys. I've seen God do miracles and I've seen in-betweens, and I've seen few, but some people who just have to manage what they're dealing with. But there is help. You're not alone. There's help. And number three, finding freedom starts with small steps. The biggest thing I would say to you is this. You have to figure out some place you can come out of hiding with someone. I'll read it the way it should be up there. You, you have to come out of hiding somewhere with someone. All right, what we're gonna do is watch another video. And this is Pastor Jeff Leinberger. And this is this is, this is an inside joke. His thorn in the side is the woman he's married to. Trust me, she's wonderful, but I gotta pick at her. Um, but he's gonna talk to us about the, his struggles. And again, why are we doing this? Pastor Chris Russo in the first... The, the, the opening video, Pastor Chris, is, he's one of our campus pastors. Pastor Jeff, he's one of our campus pastors. And we want you to know, guys, all of us are subject to fluctuations, if you will, in our mental health. So watch, let's watch this video. And After the video, I'm going to share some thoughts. You know, obviously, I got a limited amount of time here, but I'm going to share some thoughts from my 40 years working with individuals, marriages, families, churches, leaders, staff, just a couple of three points to get your brain thinking about how we can create a safe environment for those of us dealing with mental health issues. All right, check this out. Hey, Jeff, over the years, you and I have talked a good bit about, I guess it would all fall under the area of mental health type issues. How, um, how did that even get on your radar? How did you kind of figure out that was an issue in your life?
2: Well, it's interesting you asked that because it took me A lot of time. I mean, it took me two years to really pinpoint that I was even suffering from an issue. And you know, just so everyone knows, I you know I suffered with anxiety disorder, panic disorder, social anxiety. But you didn't know that. Didn't know it. No. And in fact, it manifested itself more as in physical conditions: shortness of breath, chest pain. You know, all symptoms of a heart attack. And so for quite some time, you know, I would I would take numerous trips to the emergency room, thinking that I was having a heart heart uh, issue or something like that, and. Numerous tests they would run, and they're like, "No, you're you're
1: you're healthy." How about your thoughts? What were your thoughts doing during all that?
2: Yeah, ruminating thoughts. You know, constantly thinking about the worst. You know, mm-hmm. th- what's what's going to happen? Am I going to you know be in this situation where I'm just going to mm-hmm. f- pass out on the on the floor? And and I fought it for two years, really, mm-hmm. because I, I I thought to myself, there's no way that you know a healthy, you know, vibrant young man, handsome. physical, yeah, handsome, of course, yeah. you know, young man would 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 be dealing with this you know, mental health issue of anxiety. And it just. Would you even you know, have used that phrase, mental health? No, absolutely not, no. In fact, I mean, for two years, like I said, for two years, I searched high and low for any other diagnosis than, than what it was. I think, you know, in, in, the, in the back of my mind, I, ca- I kind of always knew it could have been an issue, um, but still, it, I mean, even with the prescriptive uh, symptoms that I was exhibiting and everything like that, there was still denial. Um, mm-hmm. Probably because of the stigma of of having
1: a mental health issue. Um, I remember you saying to me one time that that, the phrase you just used, obsessive-compulsive, yeah. that that was a, that I think you even called it a turning point.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely, I mean, you know, it, it was funny, you and I were, Ty, I remember the conversation very well, you and I were talking and you said, you know, as I was having these negative thoughts over and over again, you think I might have OCD. And I think that's how you said it, OCD. And I always think, you know, OCD is you gotta gotta line the cups up just perfectly. And I'm like, no, that's not me at all. And you said, say the words, what does OCD stand for? And and I said, obsessive compulsive disorder. You said, how about your diet? You think you're a little obsessive with that? Yeah. How about your workout routine? Yeah. You know, how about your thought process? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that that was a huge turning point for me because, again, I've always thought of that disease as somebody that, you know, was real particular about certain things. Oh, their socks are over here and their underwear here. Exactly. Yeah. But not the fact that my thought process, uh, obsessing about one or two things in my life that that may or may not ever happen, would, would just constantly run through my head.
1: Right. When did you figure out you had a brain issue? You know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, um,
2: you know, when when the th- different things that I, were, I was trying to do, they weren't working. And so I could, you know, I, I would talk to people, and, you know, even my parents, loving, great, awesome people, they'd be like, you know, hey, you just need to calm down and get over it, You're, <laughs> you know. Or, you know, you need to, you know, meditate on Scripture and here's some great Scripture all verses right. and all, all that stuff's great, but when... When, you're, when your brain's not working, right, and, right. and, and you're hearing all of that stuff, it's, it's it's almost like telling someone to, you know, hey, we need to train for a marathon, but you have a broken leg, right? You've gotta go back and fix the part that's not working mm-hmm. before you can start doing kind of the exercises or the preparation that you need to do, the iterations of the runs that you need to do to, to maintain that specific mileage that you're gonna run. And, and that's what it was like, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, if, that's kind of putting the cart before the horse because if your 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 mind's not
1: working, if your brain's not working, then you've you, you've got to fix that first. So the brain, being the the physical organ yeah. that does your thinking, mm-hmm. your emotional management, etc. Right. You kind of came to a place. I would, if I remember correctly, Jeff. I would put it this way: you were working the system. Yeah. Like you were doing the stuff. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Totally solving your problem, right? Yeah, I had to stop running
2: from it. You know, I had to stop running from the fact that you know people are always asking me like, "How you doing? How you doing?" And it's like, "Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." And you know, I had this 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 image of, of you know of striving and, and 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 perfection and all of that stuff. But on the inside, I was I was just not not doing well. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, started with the medication, then the then the discipline of the the behavioral therapy. But then it was admitting the fact that. That I, I had some uh, a mental health disorder, and you know I, I liken it to you know running from a storm, right? You know that that there's there's pain in the storm. You don't feel good in a storm. You're uncomfortable in a storm. It's scary in a storm, and so you're just out trying to outrun it constantly, mm-hmm. trying to outrun it. And in fact, the the, the person that's going to help you. Uh, wipe away your tears and comfort you and to give you that peace that surpasses all understanding is standing right in the middle of the storm. So I felt like for this whole process early on when it took Mm -hmm. me two years to, to figure out what was going on, I was constantly running away from the person that was going to comfort me and and so it was admitting that surrendering the fact that hey it's okay that Mm. you've got this Mm. and that's what I would tell people today your life if you're dealing with this if you're struggling with and you maybe you've been struggling with this for longer than I had Mm. it's not just gonna be okay it can get better and it, it has gotten better so much better the fact that my the quality of my life is has been tremendous since then and like I said any reoccurrence that I have is short-lived and it's easy to fall back on some of those mm-hmm. techniques that I've used to, to help me along the way. Right. What do you do with the stigma? Where'd you put all that? Um, honestly, and that was another thing, I guess probably a fourth piece that kind of really helped me get free from this is, is to talk about it. You know, yeah. as you get, you know, it's like, I. You, you know me I mean I'm an open book and I'll I'll tell you or anybody else the feelings that I've had what yeah. I've gone through what medication I've taken and and I think that's really helped me with a, a freeing yeah. you know myself from that from that stigma is just just being open and honest and every time I share my story I have people lined up to talk to me yeah. like man how, how, you know yeah. what can I do And and so it, it's it's inspiring to me uh, to, to to know that I'm helping other people kind of break the stigma a little right. bit, um, and 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 just and just being open and honest and talking about so, it. So
1: so if somebody was sitting here with us that that we both knew was struggling with some issue, what would you
2: say to them? I would say first off that you're you're not alone. Um, that Good. that wow. probably if you're watching this right now online or if you're you know at the church. There's probably hundreds of people that are just like you, right, right here, right now, and yeah. I think that is the biggest issue. Is you know the name of this series is I'm, you know, I'm fine, not really. Yeah, is we tell people we're fine, yeah. right? We tell people that that we're doing okay. Yeah, you we, were pretty good at that. If yeah, I remember you, can, you can, you can, you can hide it. But it's eating you up inside, and it's bit by bit, and that—that's the thing. Chip is—is is it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Talk about it with 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 your friends, with your family, with professional counselors. You know, get the right the the right process in place to help yeah. you with whatever your next step may be. But um, don't suffer in silence, man. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I would tell somebody is yeah. because you know that's and that's what happens. You, you isolate yourself. You try to manage it on your own, and and that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do, and that's yeah. where you're. You're not going to make progress in that. Yeah,
1: which is exactly why we're doing the series, just that exact thing, Mm -hmm. to get people to realize that you're not alone and uh, we want to help you figure this out. Yeah. Good deal, man. All right. All right, all right, all right. I love guys like that. You know, I tell people frequently when I'm working with people that when you're willing to share what you're struggling with, my respect for you goes up, not down. I don't lose respect because you're struggling. I gain respect because you had the courage to share that you're struggling. And uh, I love these guys. And I love many of you that have done that in some environment. Now, here's the thing to think about. Both Chris and Jeff, we're, listen now. We're talking about multi-year journeys that were crammed into those few minutes. Chris, wrestling with stuff for years, not, not knowing what it was. And how many of you know we try to, how many of you know we love shortcuts? So what we try to do is make it something simple and easy. Well, it's just this. And you know what? Sometimes it is. But the trick is sometimes it isn't. One of the things we want to do today, what I want to do today is this. Change the way we collectively see, think about, talk about, and respond. To mental health challenges in ourselves and the people around us, I want us to see it differently, think about it differently, talk about it differently, and respond differently. Wouldn't that be cool? Here's a cool verse in uh, John chapter one, verse fourteen. And the word beca- it's about Jesus. And the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of what does it say? Grace and truth grace and truth one of my favorite verses the entire bible i want us to create an environment of grace and truth and you'll see why in just a minute let me ask you this question if are all people created equal think about that for a second let me change the wording are all people created equal in value i hope your answer is yes are all people created equal in preparation and placement for success If your answer is yes, dear Jesus, you need help. Is life fair? Please say, answer me. Is life fair? Well, here's the deal, guys. Let's figure out how to make this place safe for anybody who's dealing with some aspect of life that has rolled over them like a cement truck. Amen? If a person's behavior doesn't make sense to you, and there's notes, by the way, if you want to follow along in your notes, they're on the Seacoast app and... I don't know where else. If a person's behavior, I probably shouldn't say that, but I don't. If a person's behavior doesn't make sense to you, you ever watch somebody, you're like, dude, what is that all about? If their behavior doesn't make sense, it's because you're missing a piece of their story. You know what I've learned about everybody? All of us are doing the best we can with what we have. All of us are doing the best we can with what we have. Look around this room. How many of you know somebody in this room struggling with something? Point a at, point at mountain. Tell us, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) How many of you have at least one area of your life God needs to fix?
0: How many of you have at least one area he's
1: not like, dude, what's the deal? Let's fix that. All of us are doing the best we can with what what we have. You really believe that, Pastor Chip? Yeah, I do. You know what I've learned? I've never met an abuser who wasn't. I've never met a yeller who wasn't. I've never met a social distancer who wasn't. Are you following me? I've never met someone that has some dysfunctional area of their life that chose it. How do we become the people we are right now? How do we become the people we are right now? I'm going to give you two. There's, I like to talk about three, but I'm only going to talk about two today. Number one is genetics. What does that mean? How many of you got to pick your parents? Anybody remember filling out a preference sheet? right? So you didn't get to pick your family. The other thing is early life experiences. Well, here's the deal. If you didn't get to pick your family, you probably didn't get to pick your early life experiences. You following me? You know what that means? Next statement up there. The most powerful forces shaping who you are sitting here right now were outside your ability to choose. If you were to come to me for counseling, and you you can't, by the way. um, Sooner or later, we're going to talk about what we call your family of origin. Why? Everything goes back to your childhood. Say yes, if you agree. If you don't, you will. If you hang around long enough, you will. But here's the deal. The majority of what makes you the person you are sitting here today, the issues you struggle with in your adult life started in your childhood. And that's a really, really important thought. All right, second point I want to make today. Your journey, my journey into and toward freedom is a process, not an event. It's a process, not an event. There's a verse in Ephesians chapter four that goes like this. You were taught, taught, that was good. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off, say put off, put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new, say made new made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on. Say, put on. Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. All right, what do we just read? Put off, be made new, put on. Sound like a weekend project? <laughs> Don't you wish? Put off old, be renewed internally, put on new. How many of you know we love behavior modification? How I many of you know we love to just say, stop that, start this? How I many of you love this one? Brother, sister just shares they're dealing with depression. And your response is, you know, I think if you just read your Bible more, you'll feel better. You know, I think if you just play praise music in every room of your house, you'll feel better. Now, here's the deal if I ever hear you say that around me, I will poke you in the eye and pull your hair. How dare you make the complexity of another human being's journey so simple? How dare you? How many of you have ever heard that kind of craziness? Well, if you just this, it always starts with, well, if you'll just blank. Now, here's the deal. Change isn't as hard as some people make it. And it's easier than others make it. But here's the deal, guys. It ain't a walk in the park. It just isn't. All right, it's the beginning. When you start your journey toward freedom, it's the beginning of a lifelong, life-wide journey. Lifelong meaning you're never done. Life-wide, meaning you might think your problem's here. Almost always when somebody comes to counseling their problem, what they think is their problem is not their problem. So you think your problem's over here, and it's really over here. That's what I mean by life-wide. Give God permission to go wherever he wants to go to get you set free. Freedom is found in an environment, an environment of grace. What is grace? I love you just the way you are. Truth, but I love you too much to leave you the way you are. And time. I don't know about you, but it's loving to accept someone. But it's not loving to allow them to stay in a pattern that's hurting them. Am I right or not? So what we want to do is create this weird tension between grace, truth, and lots of time. Quit judging people because they're not where they, you think they should be. All right. When you decide to get healthier, you're going to go through three stages. Maybe, maybe. Everybody doesn't need all three. But three common stages on your journey. Number one that's true, to, true for all of us is you've got to get around healthier. Say er. you got to get around healthier people. I'm going to make you a guarantee. If you hang around people that are just a little bit healthier than you are, and you said this, well, Pastor Chip, I'm going to take you up on it. I'm going to commit to being around healthier people once a week, twice a month, whatever, for the next year. And you didn't change anything else. Nothing. You didn't read your Bible. You didn't do anything. If you just said, I'm going to hang around healthier people consistently for the next year, you know what I guarantee you? You're going to get just a little bit healthier because we, health in some ways is caught, not taught. It's caught, not taught. So it's important that you find healthier perspective. I mean, you know, sometimes you could just be in a home group, small group, and, um, one of the couples starts sharing a problem and you're kind of like watching them dismantle this problem, challenge. And here's your thought. Gosh, we wouldn't handle it like that. We'd have been pulling out guns by now. And you walk home, drive home that night, you and your spouse, and you say to yourself, huh, I've never seen a couple argue like that. You think we could learn to do that? What happened? All you got was a different perspective. And it potentially empowers you to change. How many of us need that? All of us. The next step you might need is a mental health professional. A mental health professional. Who's that? That's a counselor, psychologist, somebody you might have to throw some money on the table. Now, here's what I believe. Notice the phrase beside it. Most of us. Why do I say that? Because I believe more than 51% of the people in this room would benefit from going to see a counselor. When I was pastoring, I used to tell people when I married them that I'll meet with you once a month for a year. Why? I knew they were going to have issues. Any of y'all have issues in your first years? Or do y'all just mesh perfectly? Ah. And here's the deal. If you learn early on in the marriage where your hot spots are, how many of you think it might just help you? The point is this, guys, girls, find somebody to talk to that knows more than you do. And I know with some of you there isn't anybody, but find somebody that just might have a perspective from a professional level that's helpful to you. And then I'll be honest with you, level three, there are some people in this room right now, both the gentlemen on the, the videos, Pastor Chris and Pastor Jeff, both of them went to a medical doctor. Because they determined, and we're going to segue into our next point, they determined their issue. I got to be careful because this thing can fall apart. Their issue, say what that is, was their brain. Look at your last point. The last piece of the puzzle that we're figuring out, we, the church, is your plastic brain. Plastic, you know know what that means? That means that they used to think after a certain age, your brain can't change. Well, they've recently found through research that it can. In other words, your your brain can change itself. It's really important. Now, mental illness is a health condition involving changes in emotion, thinking, or behavior, or a combination of all. Where does all that happen? Right here between your ears. Now, here's an important question. Well, let me say this in the right order. Christianity, what we do in here, you could kind of say deals with our spiritual life. Psychology, the soul, and physiology, the brain. Now, why do I say that? Because in my journey as a counselor, I discovered I had to get better at all three. Because I saw some people's spiritual answers worked. Thank God. Boom. I saw some... You know, teaching them some mental, soul-level techniques really helped. And then I realized some had a broken brain. Some had a brain. Look at your last line. The brain's an organ in your body. I could hold up a stomach. I could hold up a heart. I could hold up a pancreas. Your intestines, that would be gross, but we could. The brain is an organ in your body. And just like the other organs in your body, it can break and not be able to do its job well. Do you realize that depression can be a brain problem? Not always, but it can be. Do you know that anxiety, OCD, heard it in both cases, OCD is a brain issue for the most part, typically. Uh, Addictions, all kinds of things have a brain component to them. Oh, you're taking medication? Oh, it's just a crutch because you don't want to deal with your real problem. I will hurt you. I'll hurt you if I ever hear you say that. How dare you? Now, is it always a brain issue? No. No, of course not. But what if it is? What if it is? Last thought I want to leave you with you is this. Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God God's working in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. And he's working among us to give us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Let's figure out how to create a safer place for people that are journeying with mental health challenges. Wouldn't you love to do that? Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this awesome church. Thank you for these awesome people. And God, we pray that we would be graced by you to create an environment of grace, truth, and time. And Father, we take a moment to pray for individuals and families, friends, that are wrestling with mental health issues. And we pray that we would be better than we've ever been before at recognizing it, talking about it, And responding to it. We thank you, sir. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.